Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Tuesday, everyone. Over the last number of days, we have been looking at this child that was born in Bethlehem called Jesus. The carol asked the question, what child is this? And we're trying to answer that question by looking at four different perspectives. The palace perspective from Herod, and presently we're looking at the prophetic perspective. What did the angels say about this child? Well, they told us that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. That this was not just a baby alone that was being born there, but it was actually God manifest in the flesh. He was the fulfillment of the scripture that said, A virgin will conceive and bear a child, and you shall call his name Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. This was a puzzle to the people who lived at that time. They knew that it was prophesied that a Messiah was going to come. The Son of God was going to come to earth. And they pictured it somewhat like how we would view the second coming, that he would just sort of descend from heaven, be in their midst, and he would be the Messiah. They never grasped the point that the scripture said he was going to be a child. A child was going to be born. They never put it together. And so when Jesus came, grew, and grew, and began his ministry, he began to proclaim that he was the Son of God. And this got him into all kinds of trouble and controversy. And yesterday we went over some of the portions of Scripture where the people would confront him and ask him certain things. They couldn't understand how he, being a man, could be God. And eventually they said to him, Tell us plainly who you are. And he said, I and my Father are one. And they picked up stones to kill him. But he was able to escape out of their midst because his time had not yet come. And when he began to talk about the manner of his death, that he was going to die and actually be crucified, it said, well, if if you were the Christ, you would remain forever. How, How can you be talking about dying and yet proclaiming that you are the Christ? So you see, all of these questions were being brought forward to Christ Because he wasn't just claiming to be a man, a rabbi, a great teacher. He was claiming to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this caused all of the reaction from the people against him. Because they couldn't understand, they couldn't put it together, that he was a man, and yet he was claiming to be God. Now Jesus says one more thing to them, and I really like this, because he asked them a question that they can't answer. Matthew 22 and verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him any more. 
Now, this is very, very interesting, this question that Jesus asked. He says, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Well, they know the prophecies that he was going to be the son of David. And so they said, well, it's David. And Jesus then says, well, then how does David in the Spirit call him Lord? And he quotes this portion in the Old Testament where David says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. In other words, David called his son Lord. And Jesus is saying, how could he call him Lord and still be his son? And they didn't know how to answer him. You see, we know the answer today. He was David's son after the flesh. The flesh was made in the womb of Mary, in the lineage of David. But after the Spirit, he was God Almighty. So after the Spirit, David called him Lord and worshipped him. But in the flesh, it was his son. They didn't understand it. And they didn't question him any further. You see, when I read these portions of Scripture, it makes me realize how true this is that we're talking about. That Jesus is the God-man. He knew who he was from the beginning. He proclaimed that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. People questioned him and couldn't fathom how he could be that and yet still be a man. Jesus even asked them a question that really highlights this duality. But they still didn't grasp it. I'm so glad today we can see it. We can look at that baby that was born in Bethlehem and say, he was a man, and we can identify with him. He's my brother, as it were, in that regard. But after the Spirit, he was God Almighty. He was divine, and I can worship him and praise him. He was the Christ, the Son of the living God. So for three and a half years, Jesus travels with his disciples doing great works and miracles and teachings. And underlining all of this are times when he presents himself as the Christ. The people didn't understand it, and even his disciples didn't fully understand it. But it all came to a head as they travel to Caesarea Philippi. Now this is on the northern part of Israel, and it's at a great rock face where there was a temple to Pan. And I've stood there and I've seen the setting where this takes place in Matthew 16 and verse 13. And it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They bring forth in their answers what they've heard the people say about Jesus. Now, they're his disciples, but they've heard the people say these different things about him. And then in verse 15, Jesus said, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You see here that Jesus brings his disciples to the point of understanding. It's not enough just to believe that Jesus is a great teacher or a great prophet or, or ministering in the spirit of a great person of the past. Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're this promised Messiah that's going to come. And that's who you are. And Jesus said, Simon, 
You didn't come up with this on your own. This is a revelation from God. This is the prime revelation that you need to have to relate to me. And he goes on to say, And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You have to understand the setting in which Jesus said this. He's standing He's standing against this huge rock face. And I can just see this in the background as he says to Peter, What you've said, on this rock I will build my church. I tell you, it's a solid foundation. That rock face was solid. And he says to them, just as this rock face here is so huge and solid, there is a solid foundation that my church is going to be built upon. And he says, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Some people have thought that Peter is the rock that he was going to build his church on. But that would be a pretty flimsy foundation if it was upon Peter. No, it wasn't that Peter is the rock that he's going to build his church upon. In fact, as you take the word Peter, it means little rock. But the rock he's talking about is a huge rock that the prophet Daniel from years ago said that there's going to be a stone that's cut out of the mountain and it's going to come and fill the whole earth. Uh, This foundation that God was going to build his church upon was not Peter, but was on the confession that Peter made when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The foundation of the church is on Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. He is our foundation. Everything of the church, what it believes and what it stands upon, is Jesus Christ. He is the rock. This confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is what the church is built upon. And then he goes on to say, And I will give you, speaking to Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is quite a statement. He says to Peter, you're going to have the keys of the kingdom. And of course, from this statement sort of comes the understanding that uh, Peter is at the pearly gates. And uh, we have all the stories and the jokes about people dying and meeting Peter at the pearly gates. It's as if he's the one that's going to usher them in. Well, that's quite a humanized version of this. It's not that there's literal pearly gates that Peter is standing in front of. No. He's saying that everyone that's going to enter into the church, everyone that's going to enter into the kingdom of God, that Peter is going to be the one that opens the door. This is not a natural kingdom with walls and gates, but this is the spiritual kingdom of God. Well, when did Peter open the door, use the keys so that people could enter in to the kingdom of God or enter into the church. Well, we find it on the day of Pentecost. This is after Jesus ascended into heaven. They are gathered together in the upper room, the disciples. They're waiting for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts chapter 2, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole place where they were sitting. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now this was the birth of the church. This was the outpouring of God's Spirit, His regenerating power that was going to birth the church. And so this caused a lot of commotion in the city. And the people came together as a crowd and saying, What's happening here? And it says in Acts 2 and verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Well, why was it Peter? Why wasn't it John? Why wasn't it one of the other disciples? 
because Peter was the one that was given. He was going to be the one that was going to open the door for people to come into the church, to come into the kingdom of God. And he begins to tell them here that this one that they crucified was the Christ, the son of the living God, and that we all are going to stand before him. Well, it says in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, and I believe this is where he took up the keys to open the door into the kingdom of God. He said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter opened the door to the kingdom of God right here at this moment, telling people what they must do. They needed to repent. They needed to be baptized to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is what frees people and brings them into the kingdom of God. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we will continue this tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.